0: Beard almost a stranger. He spits in my face. I stand still, feeling the spittle slide down my forehead, sticking in my eyebrows and eyelashes. A skylight calls in the sky and I glance up, straining the rope. Then I laugh out loud. Dear God, my last sight of your beautiful creation has been dimmed by a hangman's spittle. Oh, I am weary of this world, and I long to lay down the burden of my life. The horse rears and pricks its ears at the thud of hooves beyond the hedges. The boy jumps down, and the men draw back, whispering. I can't hear what they are saying, although it is clear to me that they are disagreeing. The old one insists, I've been told to wait till sunset. Who's going to know? The boy's voice is mocking. Except the ravens. We'll wait, lad. As the thudding shakes the ground, the hanging horse starts to snort and pour the air and the boy decides. Time to meet your maker, he shouts, slapping the horse's rump, and I look to heaven as it leaps forward without me jolting my body. A rush of air deep inside me, and far off I hear my voice cry, Mother! Jane. They were hanging a boy when Ellie and I rode past the gallows. Oh no, Ellie! My voice rose to a wail of horror. We thundered towards the dangling boy, lashing the hangman away, letting his feet settle onto the back of my horse. Murdering dogs! I shouted. The men cursed and kicked as they tried to drag the boy back but I scattered a handful of coins onto the ground and they scrambled on all fours for the greater share. Ellie pulled the noose over the boy's head and he flopped down behind me, choking and gasping. Then we rode away. His name was Ned and his stillness captivated me. Was he not afraid after what had happened? My heart was still drumming like my horse's hooves. What if my horse had stumbled? What if we had stopped to pick primroses in the hedgerows? What if... I had never seen a hanging until today, although many times I had passed rotting bodies, swinging eyeless, noseless, lipless, and I shivered at the memory of them. A few miles along the highway, where the trees began to thicken... He asked to be put down, and part of me was glad because the stench seeping from his clothes sickened me, but I was surprised that his voice was soft, like a gentleman's. He bowed and thanked me and turned to set off, tall and proud, his eyes looking towards the trees already reddening in the sunset. I could not bear to see him leave. Where will you go? I called out. He stopped and shrugged his shoulders. ''Can you use an axe?'' I asked. Ellie mouthed no at me and shook her head. Ned rubbed the palm of his right hand, and I saw that it was scarred silver. ''I think so,'' he said. ''It cannot be difficult.'' Ellie rode up alongside me. ''She has been my nurse since my birth fourteen years ago,'' and is never afraid to tell me when I'm wrong. I'm used to your stray birds and butterflies, she whispered. But you've never brought back a stray boy before. What will your father say? He is in London, I whispered back. Then aloud, I can find you work as a woodman, Ned. Come with us, it's not far. He nodded. He walked the rest of the way and we did not speak again until we passed through the gates of Bradgate Hall. My heart sank when they closed behind me, trapping me in a loneliness so deep that I wanted to cry out. Visitors usually gasp with pleasure when they first arrive. It is thought to be one of the finest houses in Leicestershire, but Ned gazed past its red brick towers, past its gardens soon to be brimming with fruit and blossom, past the stream which fed water pipes to the kitchen, to the darkening trees beyond. I like a forest best at dusk when birds cloud the sky, he said suddenly. I glanced down at him, and now that he was standing closer to me, I no longer saw his tangled hair and grimy skin.